visualize what it is, not what it isn't. Naz. The first Pasuk verse of this week's Parsha Acharema reads, Hashem spoke to Moshe after the death of Aaron's two sons, Nadav and Avihu, who drew close to Hashem and died. Orachayim explains that the sins of Nadav and Avihu were very different than the sins as we generally understand them. He explains that their sins involved allowing themselves to cling to Hashem so totally that their souls simply left their bodies. It's written, who drew close to Hashem and died, because it's the drawing close in the way that they had that caused their death. We are tasked with reaching towards Hispashtut, Hagashmir, divesting oneself of materiality. But the spiritual ascent must be balanced. There's the concept of Ratzovishov, which means to run and return. The Ratzo must always be coupled with Shov. Ratzo being the state of Devekut, longing to cleave to Hashem, insatiable desire of the Neshama, the soul, to transcend its material existence, to run forward and cling and cleave to its source. Shov is the Neshama's awakening and determination to return and to fulfill its mission using the body, making the physical world a dwelling for Hashem. This explains Chazal's statement, against your will you live. As much as our souls yearn to leave our bodies, it's our mission to fulfill the task that can only be done when the soul uses and elevates the body. Now Davin Avihu's sin was abandoning the Shov, the mission of this world. The Lubavitcher Rebbe explains that their yearning was not balanced with a commitment to worldly service. We might not have the same struggles on the level of worrying about our souls ascending so high as to not return to its body or our physical existence, but in our own world we need to balance the spiritual and the material pursuits. As it's stated in the Talmud, just as we are amply rewarded for performing Avadat Hashem, so too at times we are rewarded for refraining if what we are looking to attain is beyond our spiritual grasp. As we can all feel, everything, especially wellness, is about balance. But how do we find balance? How do we control our thoughts, lessening our anxiety and being more present? Anxiety is born of worry of what might be. Faith is trusting the process and future while focusing on the moment. I post photos of moments when I'm around my kids and watching how much they love life. It's almost ironic snapping a photo because it breaks the moment for a second. But I want to capture them in these priceless moments. Often I'll post them later to social with a caption, Life can be so precious when you're present. Even taking a photo can be a way of being present. Not just appreciating a moment, but taking action inspired by how in it we really are. So many other moments we are present in body, but our mind is somewhere else. Balance is about being present. When we start to drift to the future or past of what ifs and shouldn't haves, that breeds anxiety and takes away from enjoying the short amount of time we are gifted in this world to find and create our purpose and to shine and share light and love. Easier said than done. Anxiety is so prevalent throughout humanity and rears its ugly head in so many different ways, crippling in the more extreme circumstances. In those moments, it seems we all share a sort of long-term memory loss that actually we haven't gotten through to the other side each time. Our mantra to strengthen this truth and those memories should be that whatever is meant for you will manifest. Because if things are bitter in the moment or might turn sour in the near future, what is often followed down the line is an epiphany and the clarity of why it wasn't for you is in full sight. That's why the saying hindsight is 2020 is so popular. Because when we are uncertain and faithless, we can't see what's meant for us with any sort of clarity. We are far from that 2020 when in that space. But as time passes, we often clearly see that everything played out as it was meant to. The saying means it's easier to analyze and evaluate situations clearly when we're looking back on them in the past than when we are in the present moment. Last week we read about the two birds in the purification of Mitzorah atoning for Lashon Hara, negative speech. One for Tara, purity, and the other sent away. This week in Parshat Acharemot, we read about the Sirim, translated as goats, hairy male goats, goat demons, or in this case, scapegoats, for Yom Kippur. One is for Hashem and the second for Azazel. 
We read one of the Sirim would be elevated as a holy sacrifice and the other sent to the desert to die. Sforno explains that the one that carries all the sins of Bnei Israel is not fit to be sacrificed because of the amount of Tumah, impurity it carries. In a general sense, or what is looked at as karma, punishment is the consequence of sin. As is stated in Yirmiyahu, your own wickedness will punish you. That is, if actions in Tshuva, return repentance, and actions in Tara are not taken. Assyrians serve two purposes. One is to transfer the impurities of the person to the animal, which releases the person from the punishment that karma brings. The seer goat that is sacrificed in the Beit HaMikdash atones for the deliberate sins related to the Beit HaMikdash. But the seer for Azazel, also called the Goral, carries with it the rest of the sins of Bnei Israel. Some commentators point to the similarity in the name and allusions to Mount Seir, the home of Esav, and the Seir, the goat. The bird last week and the Seir in this week's Parsha that are sent away as a sort of gift to the forces of Tumah and purity, which are personified by Esav and his Sar, the angel associated with him. The Barbanel teaches that the two Seirim symbolize the eternal struggle between Yaakov and Esav. All the stories of the Torah are actually the stories in our own lives as well. We're all a microcosm of the universe. These stories play out inside of us, just as we play out life as the story in the expanse of reality. We all have Esav and Yaakov in us. Their struggle is our own. We need to defeat the parts of Esav within all of us, and the two birds and the two goats are manifestations of both this struggle and steps towards rectification and elevation. We learn in Talmud that the mitzvah is to take the goats that are similar in age, height, and appearance. Rab Natan teaches that regardless of their being almost identical, one is dedicated to Hashem and the other Azazel. And in a similar fashion, falsehood and truth can sometimes seem identical. Seirim represents Seir, hair, reminding us that a hair's breadth is all that separates between holiness and its opposite. And in the same way we relied on Hashem for which goat was for holiness and which was for the Sitra Akhra, the other side, we need to pray for the same clarity for Hashem to show us the difference between falsehood and truth. Everything in this world has the power for good or for evil, for elevation or degradation. Just as we read about with the two goats, even with air and breathing there's Kedusha and Sitra Akhra. Rabbi Nachman teaches that there are two lifelines that we can draw in when breathing in air. One is the lifeline of Kedusha, and the other is of Tumah. The righteous draw in pure air, while the evil draw in the impure air. To survive, we need to draw in air from one of these two channels. When a person regrets their misdeeds and decides to do tshuva, they sever their link with the impure source of air and begin to breathe fresh new air from the source of holiness. As we learn in Talmud Yuma, when one repents out of love, his sins become like merits. So much of staying grounded in truth and being balanced is letting go of all the cacophony that surrounds and tries to distort being truly present in the experience and moments we find ourselves in. The power of nigun, melodies, when sung in a group of people, is that when we use our breath to connect making music with the instrument that sustains us, our breath, our voice, we connect to our essence and the essence of those around us. It's a moment when we shift from thinking or overthinking to letting go of the extraneous and bringing our breath outward to awaken our soul. We tend to lose ourselves while inspiring ourselves at the same time. I'll leave you off with what feels like a mantra to me. It's Pharrell on his song ESP. Detach yourself. Let go, let go. Repack yourself. Be back yourself. Let go, let go. And dream as yourself. Be seen as yourself. Let go, let go. Beam as yourself. Scream as yourself. Let go, let go. And be king of yourself. Dive in deeper at lightofinfinite.com.